Anyone remember what we've been talking about on Sundays? This is why this is why you recap because people are like, "Oh, I can't remember." You, when you teach, you think everybody's thinking about your message every day because you know you're thinking about your message every day. It's going around on the inside of me throughout the whole week because I'm preparing it, but people kind of hear and then they forget. But remember, on, Sun, on Thursdays we're talking about authority, authority in Christ. Remember that. And on Sundays, I've been talking about knowing, knowing. Uh, and, and what I mean by that, I, I'm, I'm talking about the difference between I believe in something and I know. Yeah? Do you remember that now? And, uh, you know, I, I believe, I believe, <laughs> there's the word, I believe that our beliefs are supposed to become stronger and stronger and stronger and become so established inside of us that they they reach a stage of I know. Uh, and many people are, are still quite shakable in their beliefs. Now, they might say, oh, I believe in healing, but when the enemy attacks, then suddenly they begin to question and they begin to doubt and say, oh, well, you know, maybe God isn't going to heal me this time and different things because th they're not quite solid in it. Um, and so uh, it's not enough just to believe in something, but then to become shakable in that belief when it becomes challenged. That, that, that's, that's, that might be a starting point, but we need to move past that. We need to strengthen up. And we need to get to a point uh, where, where the doubt is eliminated and, the, and the, the uncertainty. Well, how does that happen? You know, I, I've heard people say, well, you can't get rid of all the doubt. Well, I believe the, the Bible shows you can. The Bible talks about no doubt. It talks about being in a position where there's no doubting. Uh, but that that can be a process. When you know, when a when a person first hears about a subject, they've got a lot of unanswered questions. Maybe they they they've got areas in their thinking where they've heard religious ideas, they've heard other opinions that are outside the Bible. They've heard people say, for example, if it's healing, they'd say, "Well, God." They've heard someone say, "God doesn't always heal." God, you know, doesn't heal today. So when they first hear about healing, they've got loads of uncertain areas. But as you grow in the Word, as you hear more about it, your, the, the, and you get questions answered, um, your understanding begins to grow. Uh, you should be getting, getting the, each area of doubt moved out of the way, and you become more solid in that belief. You know, the Bible talks about Abraham in Romans 4, that he, he came to the place where he was fully persuaded and it didn't even matter the deadness of Sarah's womb. It didn't matter what he saw around him. He was completely persuaded and convinced that what God had said he was going to do. And in fact, we, we looked at this a few weeks ago when I first started this series, that remember Abraham was so persuaded that God was going to bring his seed through Isaac that even if Isaac died, even if by his very hand, if, Isaac, if Abraham was so convinced that even if he sacrificed Isaac, God would raise him from the dead in order to fulfill his promise. How's that for being fully persuaded? And, and, and we stand and we look at that and we go, wow, Abraham's faith was wonderful. But, you know, put yourself in your own shoes. How would you be in that kind of position? Someone might think, oh, I don't know if I'd be quite that, you know, I don't know if I'd be willing to sacrifice Isaac and trust that God would raise him from the dead in order to fulfill his promise. That's, that's quite a big thing for a parent, isn't it? Okay, but what the Bible is showing us is that that, that, that is the place that faith can get to. Okay, and uh, it becomes so convinced. So I, I, I want to encourage you, we, I want to to really encourage each one of us to set the goal to become stronger and stronger and stronger in your faith and your stand in whatever it, area it is. Healing, finances, family. Don't, don't just settle for the, the whole idea, well, I'm believing God and that's all there is to it. See, your believing can get stronger and stronger and stronger so that you're less shakable, no matter what goes on around you. It's, you know that some, some people are so thrown by bad news that's contrary to what they believed God for. Yeah? They, they, they say, well, I'm believing for this. And then the next day, bad news comes that's kind of opposite to what they believe in God for, and they fall apart. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever been there yourself? Yeah, we've been there. Yeah? This, is, this, is, this isn't point the finger and condemn. This is realization that we're all growing, uh, but we can get there. Okay? 
But, you know, sometimes people are so shaken, they say they believe something, but then the moment the, the enemy stirs up circumstances that challenge what they believe, they become shakable. You know, and, and, and you know that one thing that really shakes people a lot in their belief is time. Time. Now, God is not causing delays. God's, I don't believe God is the one behind the delays. Because if God was delaying you receiving, like, for example, healing, why doesn't he delay you receiving salvation? Because he provided salvation in the cross, didn't he? And we receive Jesus. It's the same thing with healing. You receive it, what he has already provided. So the delays are not caused by him when it comes to receiving anything that's in the cross. And I'm not pointing the fingers blaming you or that you're the cause of the delay, but I'm just saying, you see, if, if you think wrong, if you think he is the cause of the delay, then you'll think there's nothing you can do about it and you just got to sit and wait. And we'll be waiting in 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, 200 years for God until God's ready. If you think he's the cause of the delay, then you're just going to sit back and let him be the cause of the delay. Amen? So we need to realize God's not the one causing the delay. He's not the... the you, and, and get in the word concerning this. You can grow in this area. See, if your thinking is wrong in an area and you think, well, I'm just waiting for the Lord, I'm waiting for the Lord, I'm waiting for the Lord. He's the cause of the delay. If you think that, and that's not an accurate belief, but if you think that... That wrong thinking can become a hindrance to you receiving. Because the Bible teaches faith receives. Faith, it begins to understand God has done his part. I'm not waiting for God to do his part. God has done his part when it comes in, in the area of something like healing. And so it's a matter of, Father, I thank you. You're not the cause of the delay. You're not the one I'm waiting for. Your word says by his stripes you were healed. And I, now my focus is on receiving. Father, I thank you. I receive. Okay? So don't, put, don't blame God for the delay. Thinking wrong that God is causing the delay can actually become the hindrance to you receiving. Right? But having said that, let me, let me say the point I made a moment ago. One thing that, that causes people to weaken in their faith stand is delays. When it takes longer than they thought it should take. Now, be careful of delays. This, this isn't actually what I was going to teach today. Well, we go with, we go with what, whatever was right. Now, I might get to, where, to what I wanted to because I got some good stuff that was going to follow on from last week. But I'm going to say this first. Be careful about letting time weaken your faith. Okay? Be aware there's all kind of things that can weaken your faith stand. When you, and, and this whole series is all about becoming unshakable. Becoming so solid that nothing causes me to back down off the word. Is that what we're talking about? Getting so solid so that it's not just I believe, but I'm shakable. It becomes so solid. I know that I know that I know, and nothing is going to cause me to shake off that position. Okay? Well, as I said, one thing that causes... How many of you know there are various things? Let's, let's just list off a couple. There are various things that can cause people to weaken their faith stand. One is bad news that's contrary to what they were believing God for. Yeah, I mentioned that, I think, a few moments ago. So someone, someone believes God for healing, and then the next day or the, that week, the doctor gives them a bad report, and now they're shakable because now the doctor's report speaks greater volumes to their faith than God's Word speaks. So they become shakable. Or otherwise, they say, well, I'm believing God for my needs to be met, and then three more extra bills come through the door, and six appliances, and the house break down, and, and the car breaks down, and then suddenly they think, well, I was believing God for my needs to be met. But now suddenly they begin to shake in their faith stand because things start to happen. Yes? <laughs> Anyone identify? Believe me, I can identify, and I'm sure you can too. Sometimes you step out to believe God and, and the opposite starts to happen. What start, the, the enemy starts to sit on your shoulder and say, well, God's not moving or it's not working. 
Oh, look, you, you big faith man, you, you trusted God and everything went wrong. And, and what happens? What you believe suddenly starts to shake, doesn't it? And, and to the point, what's the enemy trying to do? He's trying to cause you to let go of the stand that you've taken. What should you do? Well, you want to come to the state place where you drive your heels in the ground and you say, I will not back down. It's called determination. I will not back down on what God has said, even when evidence to the contrary says opposite to what God says. This is becoming unshakable. My faith is not backing down. I'm not letting go. And I'm going to keep feeding on the word. I'm going to keep filling with the word. And I'm going to keep holding to the word, saying I'm not backing down. So that's one thing that can cause people. Let's go back to the other thing that I was talking about a moment ago. Another thing that can cause people's faith to weaken is time. Do we like delays? Delays are not nice, are they? <clears throat> but be careful that delays do not become the downfall that causes you to, to weaken on your faith stand. Okay? You know, I would also encourage, as a whole, try not to set time limits on God. God, you better move by such and such a time. Otherwise, okay? Because what you're saying is my faith is only as long as between now and such and such a time. <laughs> but after that, my faith's going to shake. Someone says, but what if I need God to move by tomorrow? I'm telling you, God, it, God does not take a long time to move, and he can move, he can move before you blink your eye. When you blink your eye, you could move three times before that already. Okay? But, but don't be shaken. Don't back off the word. Even if there's time delays. You know, in the Bible, remember... God had promised Abraham and Sarah a seed. And, and it, it took longer than they thought it should. Now, the delays were not up to God. I heard someone say it took God 25 years to give Abraham and Sarah a child. I don't agree. It didn't take God 25 years. If you look at the word, it really took them 24 years to become solid in their stand. Because even after 24 years of having that promise, Sarah laughed. At the angel saying, oh, you're going to have a seed. She wasn't solid in it yet. How many of you, and now don't blame them. They didn't have a Bible to meditate on. All they had is what God had spoken to their heart. They didn't have something they could look up scriptures and stand strong and listen to CDs and get strong in their faith stand. It took them a while to get strong. Yeah? So the delay, again, wasn't God. I don't believe remotely for one moment that God delayed them. For them, Abraham and Sarah. I believe there were some things they had to become strong in that faith stand. Just because you step out in faith to believe a promise doesn't mean you are solid in that faith stand yet. And sometimes the lack of being solid is what actually can cause the delay. And, and, and you have to, over time, as you strengthen in the word, you solidify in your belief. And now that belief's ready to cause a miracle to happen. Sometimes the shakeable belief is not yet ready to cause the, mirac the miraculous to manifest. Do you understand that faith activates the power of God and faith causes the power of God to manifest? But weak, shakeable faith is not always yet ready to cause the power to manifest. You might get a revelation of what I just said there. We think faith is just one thing, well, I stepped out in faith. Sometimes if that faith is weak and shakeable, it's not going to quite yet release the miraculous. The faith needs to strengthen, needs to solidify, needs to become unshakable for it to become the kind of faith that releases the miraculous. Does that make sense? And so the delays are not God. The delays are our faith strengthening, solidifying, becoming unshakable. Uh, don't get it. Don't get. Don't 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 become so proud as to think. No, we're humble people in here, aren't we? I'm not pointing fingers. Just talk, throwing out a random comment here. Don't become so proud to think that God, my faith is so perfect. Why aren't you moving? That's what the mistake people get to. Just begin to say. 
begin to have the humility to recognize, can my faith still strengthen? Can my faith still grow? Can I still become more solid on this? Yes, I can. Every one of us can. None of us have reached super hyper, super solid, never shakable faith where we know everything. How many of you know we can all grow? Just keep strengthening yourself. Don't ever point the finger at God. Don't point delays at him. Don't point, what's the other thing I said? Delays, what's the one I mentioned previously? Because I'm doing these off the top of my head. None none of this was planned so far. Circumstances not quite going right. Um, Or bad news, yes? Uh, Bad news causes people to become shakable. A bad doctor's report. This is why people say, you know, they come and they pray and they say, pray that I get a good doctor's report tomorrow when I go and see the doctor. I'm like, I ain't going to pray that prayer. If your faith is in the doctor's report, it's in the wrong thing. Trust God for healing and begin to say, even if the doctor's report says the opposite, I'm going to still stand strong on the word. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't let the doctor's report be the shakable thing in your faith. Just begin, you know, Talk to the doctor, you know, get the bad, get the bad report, walk out, of the, walk out of the doctor's office and say, Father, I thank you, your word is still true and I'm not moved by what the doctor just said. Yeah, make that determination. So time delays, bad news that are opposite to, 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 your, to your faith stand. Here's a third thing that causes people's faith to become shakable is failure. Failure. Faith failures. We don't want to talk about those, do we? Oh, we, uh, my faith has never failed. <laughs> Isn't it, didn't Jesus pray about Peter? He says, I've prayed for you that your faith fails not. In other words, Peter, it has the potential. You, in, in, now, faith is not the problem, but it's, there, there, there are areas sometimes where we, we're not, because we're not as strong or solid on something as we think we are, our faith actually is not yet is not strong enough to carry carry the like the weight and it buckles under something. And it's not that faith doesn't work, it's that our faith needed strengthening. I hope I've tried to say that right. Okay. Sometimes, you know, do you know that Peter? Oh, don't you love it when God just leads you to go a different direction? I got a really good message here. But do you know that Peter? thought, I don't even know where the scriptures are for this, if you want to look up scriptures for what I'm quoting for you, we'll find the scriptures for this, because it's totally off the cuff today, (laughs) by the Spirit of God. Do you know that Peter thought his faith was stronger than it was? And this is this is this is where some people get it wrong. It's it's the pride of our own flesh. It goes back to the fact where we think, Lord, there's nothing wrong with my faith. Why aren't you moving? Don't get into that error. The the devil, if the devil leads you down that path where you begin to blame God as being the the delay or the cause for the faith failure, the, the enemy's getting you sidetracked. Just be careful about that whole thing. But you know that Peter thought his faith was stronger than it was. Because Jesus came to Peter and said to him, what did he say? How, how did he say? He said, before, the, 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 before the, the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me three times. Remember that? What did Peter say? I'll never delay, deny you. Now, you know, think about this for a moment. When the Lord warns you that the when the Lord warns you that you're going to trip up in an area, don't turn around to the Lord and say, oh, no, Lord, you got it wrong. Yeah? Well, what was the Lord trying to do to Peter here? He's trying to help him, isn't he? The, Lord, the Lord's not saying, I have destined you to, to fail, to, to, to Nami three times. He's trying to help Peter see an area of weakness in his own life, isn't he? And he, he's trying to help him. He's not, he got, Jesus was not condemning Peter. In fact, even after Peter later, he, he tripped up and then Jesus restored him. Jesus showed him how much he loved him. He's not trying to condemn him. But the Lord pointed out, the Lord knew, and I, he knew because I believe the Holy Spirit was showing him some things, that, that Peter was not as strong in some areas as he thought he was. Peter thought... I'm tough enough for this. And, and the Lord said, you're not yet tough enough for this, 
Peter, but you're going to be. You've got to strengthen. Yes? But Peter's response was, I'll never deny you. Now, what, what do you see in that? Peter thought his faith was stronger than it actually was. There's a revelation in this view. Peter thought his faith was up here. I'll never deny you. What was he saying? Oh, it doesn't matter if they kill me. It doesn't matter what they do for me. I will not back down on my belief in you. That's what he was saying, isn't it? I'll never deny you. In other words, I'm not going to back down. I believe you're the Christ. Now, did Peter have the revelation that Jesus was the Christ? He did. We know that because he's the one who said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He knew he, who Jesus was. He'd had the revelation. But was that revelation yet so strong in him that he was not going to abandon it under pressure? It wasn't yet that strong. What happened is they put Peter under pressure. Now, Peter at that time was afraid. They were, when, when he saw Jesus get arrested... Why did he deny Jesus? Why would someone deny? Oh, I don't know him. Because they're afraid of if I'm associated with him, they're going to arrest me and kill me too, yeah? They're going to put me on trial next to him. I'll be standing right next to him on trial. I'll be one of his followers. So what, what's happening here? Peter backs off his strong stand because of a, a fear of the consequences of what's going to happen to him. Do you realize this was a faith weakness? Now later on, after Jesus was raised from the dead, and as you go into the book of Acts, Peter becomes a lot stronger. He's not going to, he's not, he, he, he's tough. And in fact, later, later on in his life, if you go beyond where the book of Acts ends, Peter ends up getting, do you realize Peter was put to death for his faith? And you read in, in, in his epistles, Peter's a very solid man. He's not afraid of death. But at the time that Jesus was crucified, Peter, Peter boldly declared to the Lord, I will, not, I will not deny you. And Jesus looked at him and realized, you're not there yet, Peter. You're going to deny me three times. But he said, I'm going to pray for you that your faith's not going to fail. So Jesus at that time knew, he recognized that Peter, yes, Peter, you have the revelation, I'm the Christ. Yes, you have the belief that, that I am the Messiah. But Peter, your faith is not quite yet unshakable. And when the pressure's put on that faith, I'm telling you, Peter, it's going to buckle. Now, was Jesus being negative to Peter? He's not being negative. He's trying to reveal to him an area that he's, he's a bit weaker yet. But in Peter's mind, Peter thinks to himself, I'm a faith giant. I will never deny you. What's going on here? Peter thought he was a lot stronger in this than he actually was. Do you realize it takes some humility to realize I've still got some strengthening up to do? A lot of time people just blame God. Well, the reason, well, I, I'm, I believe God. Why is it not happening? I'm doing my bit. Sometimes you just got to realize, Lord, if this is taking longer, I need some strengthening up. It's not God's fault. Okay? But you know what? Failure, sometimes, sometimes because people don't realize they're, they're not quite as strong in something as they thought they were. When they step out and it doesn't quite work the way they thought it was going to work because they're not quite as strong as they thought they were and suddenly the, the devil comes with the pressure. Now what happens very often, their faith buckles and they back down because they, they say, oh Lord, you've got to move by Monday. I'm a faith giant. I've got super faith. Let me tell you what people... I've got, I got such strong faith. I can believe God for anything. God's going to move by Monday. And Monday comes and nothing happens. Now, the failure of that... I'm just giving an illustration. 
causes them to go, oh, why didn't God move? I thought I was really strong in faith. And what they do is they back down on their faith stand. Anyone ever been there? Well, if you were super strong in your faith that you claimed you were on Sunday, you wouldn't have backed down by Monday. But now the failure of what you perceived things didn't work as quick as you, as you thought they could cause you to back down, cause the person to back down. What does that say? They weren't the super faith giant they thought they were. And the moment things didn't quite go quickly and didn't all happen, now suddenly they're back down. What is the backing down revealing? That they're not as strong in faith as they thought they were. Because if they were unshakable, they would never back down. Does that make sense? So if the enemy throws a challenge your way, things get worse, time passes, or even you step out and it just goes completely wrong and it doesn't work out how you thought you could. All of those things sometimes call, cause us to back down. They cause us to question, oh, why God didn't you do it? What is all of, all of that questioning? All of that, oh God, I thought you were going to move. All of that reveals your faith wasn't as strong as you thought it was. It's not yet unshakable. So don't point the finger at God. All you just got to realize is, I've got some growing still to do. Did Peter still have a bit of growing to do? Don't let faith failures cause you to get discouraged and back down. Anyone, anyone ever here had a faith failure? I've put up all my hands on my feet. I've, I've had a few of them. Does that mean I now stand up here and say, well, faith doesn't work. I had a failure. No, faith works. The failure was not on a failure of the word. It was not a failure of, of faith that, as such that Jesus spoke about. The failure was the fact that I was still learning how to work some things and I might have put two the, the things wrong together. I might have backed down. I might not have been as strong as I thought I was when I stepped out. All kinds of reasons. But the problem was not with the word. The problem was not with God. The problem was not with faith as such. The problem was with my learning how to work the things still. But see, sometimes people say, well, I was in faith and it didn't work, so I'm just never believing in that faith stuff again. And they abandon faith completely. That's pride because they think, I got it perfect. God, God was the one wrong. Don't let faith failures cause you to back off faith. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't let time delays. Don't let failures don't let circumstances going the other way. Don't let, have I listed off any others today? Time delays, faith failures, circumstance, bad news, all those kind of things. Is that? Bad doctor's report, that's bad news. I'm just trying to illustrate a few. Don't let any of that cause your faith to weaken. If any of those things, plus I'm sure there's other things I haven't listed, cause your faith to weaken, what does that show? My faith's not as strong as I thought it was. Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, I can see your faith's not quite as strong as you thought you, it was. And I'm going to love you until you grow. And Peter did grow. He got strong enough. He got to the point where he could look death in the eye persecution could let them saying, I'm going to kill you. And he would, would, would not back down on a stand in Jesus. He got strong enough. But there was a point in his life where he wasn't quite there yet. And he, he, he was like, if you threaten to kill me, I'm just going to deny Jesus. He, he wasn't there yet. Yeah? Sometimes you've got to re what you've got to realize is I've still got some growing to do. If I've stepped out on faith, trusting God 16 times, and it just didn't work, That doesn't mean faith doesn't work. It doesn't mean the word doesn't work. It just means I've got some growing to do in how to work this. So go back to the drawing board. Grow stronger. Get stronger. What's the goal? Come, we, we're coming to the place of being unshakable. We're coming to the place because I believe it works. Jesus said it works. Do you know that there are people all over this planet that have got this working? They've, they know they can trust God and things work in their lives. Well, if it works for them, it's going to work for me. I'm just growing in it still. Don't, become, don't let yourself be shaken. That's, what, that's kind of, if you want a title so far, 
because like I said, it's totally unplanned. That's not what I was going to say. Yeah? Let me try and say a little bit of what I was going to say. I'm going to link, uh, that was, well, it's not going to link it in, the overall subject works, but let me just um, say a couple of things about what I was going to say. And then uh, go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, let me remind you quickly what I, I'm not going to teach too much longer. I think there's already a lot in that message. This whole, if we got to explore different directions and go a little bit this way and go a little bit that way as we teach, we'll do it. This whole series is about coming to the place where you're stronger and, and reaching the point where you're unshakable. Nothing will shake you in your faith with God. We've all, we all need to come to that point. I'm not going to be moved by bad news. I'm not going to be moved by delays. I'm not going to be moved by even times it's gone wrong and it hasn't quite worked right. I'm just going to keep standing and believing God and learning how to get this working right, okay? So we're looking at how to get stronger. Well, a big part of how you get stronger is you want that belief. So people say, well, you know, I believe the word. I believe in the healing. I believe in God will meet my needs. I believe a scripture. I believe what God has said. That belief, each individual belief you have, you want it to grow stronger and stronger and stronger and to, to move from the place of I believe this to I know this and I'm solid in this and I'm not going to back out of this. So we've been looking a little bit at the process and, and, and I'm going to point out this process in Ephesians 1 and then I'm going to quickly look at something else in another passage. But this is what I talked about last week. Ephesians 1 verse 13 says, uh, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Um, verse 15, therefore I also, after I heard of your faith, or some translations say since I heard of your faith, in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, this is the lead up to Paul, what we list as the Ephesians prayer, which shows some things that Paul prayed for them. And these are good prayers for all of us. But very often we don't read the read up to this. And we're gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll point out some of the things he prayed in just a minute. But the reason I read verse 13, 14, 15, 16, or parts of those verses <clears throat> was I wanted you to see the lead up to his prayer because it's, it's relevant to our series. And in there, certainly in the translation, I'm reading your, your smart word, it's slightly differently, but mine talks about verse 13, after you heard, and it talks about having believed, and then verse 15 says, after I heard of your faith. So in other words, he's, he's, he's saying, what he's about to pray, he is praying for a people who already believe and who already have faith. That's the point I want to make. Okay, Their faith came first. Faith comes first in the process of what I'm about to read. Okay, They already believed. Then verse 16, do not, give, cease, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of glory, now notice this, what does he pray for these people who already have faith, they already believe? He says, I pray that the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So he prays, they already believe, but he prays God will give them wisdom and revelation. Well, I'm just going to sum that up and say revelation. Okay? So, they already believe, but Paul prays God give them revelation concerning some things. I've, sometimes people say, well, you need a revelation in order to have faith. Not according to this passage, you don't. And I can give you other verses that show that's not. The Bible says faith comes by hearing the word, right? Now, I do believe revelation is important. And I don't, when I say revelation, I don't mean some new revelation that's never be before written in Scripture. I'm using revelation in the sense of God 
opening your understanding up to things he has already revealed in scripture, giving you revelation of what is already written, yeah? So do I need a, do I need a specific revelation that's personal to me? Do I need my eyes open to get a revelation myself in order to believe a particular scripture? And the Bible says, by whose stripes you were healed. Do I need, wow, I've got to get a revelation of that in order to have faith. How many know some people think you do? No, you don't. No, you don't. According to this verse, believing comes before revelation. Not the other way around. You don't need a revelation in order to believe. Okay, There is a place that revelation plays, getting a revelation of it, but it's not so that you can believe it. Believing is a choice. Starts with a choice. I believe that. Do you know, you don't need some kind of whoa on the inside in order to believe a scripture. I've, I've heard people teach. In fact, it gets confusing sometimes the way people teach because they, 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 they teach it almost like you can't really have faith until poof, the lights go on on the inside. Now, what I was going to teach about most of this is going to have to wait till next week. As I was going to look at the flip side of this, I was going to talk, talk about people being blinded to, to the word and not being able to see what the word says. But I, 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 sometimes people teach, I've heard people almost teach that, you know, until you get a personal revelation of a scripture, you can't have faith. Well, that whole doctrine must be based upon a personal revelation because it's not consistent with the scriptures. Okay, I don't know where they got that idea from. Do if you read a scripture, do you do you need some great buzz on the inside and explosion of whoa whoa whoa? Look at the truth that scripture in order for you to be able to have faith in it. Do you need some feeling on the inside? Some people teach you do. No, you do not. You know, all you have to do you see a scripture by whose stripes you were healed. You can just say, you know what, I believe that. That's all it takes. You don't need a feeling. You don't need some boof woo, on the inside. Do you know what I mean when I'm talking about, whoa, people are, whoa. It's like I read that scripture and hit me between the head and I've got a revelation of it and now I believe. Do you need that? Well, some people think you do. And they think, well, you can't really believe it and you can't have faith in it until you do. I disagree completely. You can just, your heart can be open to the word and you can begin to say, you know what, that's what the word says. I believe it and now I've got faith in it. Is that faith? It is. So don't believe all this stuff that you need some kind of whoa on the inside in order to have faith. Can you look at the word without any feeling on the inside, without any whoa on the inside and say, that is what the word says. I believe it. I'm going to stand on it. Can you do that? Of course you can. Because the Bible says, faith comes by hearing. And in the context there, it's talking about preaching. You can hear someone preach and say, you know what, I believe that. Now I've got faith for it. It's not as complicated as people make it. People try to make this more complicated than it is. And they leave people feeling like, man, I haven't had some personal revelation of that scripture yet. So clearly I can't have faith for it yet. And then people get all confused. The Bible does not say faith comes by getting a personal revelation. What does it say? Faith comes? Then believe it like that. How do you get faith? I hear it. I believe it. When the word lands on the right ground, when the word lands on a humble, receptive, open heart, it'll produce faith in that heart. I'll look at the flip side next week. Why does the word produce unbelief in some hearts? Why does it cause blindness? Why are people blindness? I was going to study that. Some very interesting things today. Haven't got to it. We'll have to wait for next time. Because I'm just going to talk a bit more about this process. You don't need some personal revelation. All you need to do is say, I believe that. Okay? Where, what is the role of revelation? Notice the order that he says here. Verse 13, after you heard the word of truth. What comes by hearing? 
Faith comes by hearing. So verse 13, he says, after you heard the word of truth. So there's the hearing part. And then later in verse 13, it says, having believed. So did they, did, does he say anything about, oh, after you heard the word of truth, you, you poor bunch, you, you heard the word of truth, but you didn't yet have a revelation of it, so you couldn't believe. So, so I'm praying you get a revelation. Does he say that? He doesn't say that. If people hear the word and the next response is they are not believing the word, there's other factors involved that are slowing this down and, and there's problems. Well, that's what I was going to talk about with blindness. Okay? But he says, yeah, having heard, sorry, after you heard, now you believed. And then in verse 15, he calls that faith. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, there it is. Is there any mention of revelation yet? No. Did any of that require them to have a personal revelation? No. Then, after that, he prays that they'll get a revelation. After they've already got, got faith. Do you see this? This is so important. Then he began to pray for them and he says, I pray that God gives you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? Revelation will enhance your understanding of something you've already believed. Revelation is not designed to cause you to believe. You need to believe before you get a revelation of it. You need to be in faith about something before you have any kind of super revelation about it. It's, take the words, I believe, I believe Jesus said, speak to your mountain, that mountain will move. I believe, do I need some kind of personal revelation to believe that? No, I believe it. I believe it because the Bible says it. And now I'm in faith about that. Okay? The role of revelation comes after that. In fact, I believe it takes faith to get a revelation. Revelation itself comes by faith. When you believe, when you choose to believe the word, that opens up your life to getting greater revelation about that truth. So they already believed, then he prayed that they'll have revelation. And he, then he says, verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. So he mentions they believed, then he mentions get a revelation, then he mentions understanding. The, the order of this is really important. This is why I'm repeating this from last week, going through this again, because I want this to, to really settle into you. They believed first, then he prayed that they would get a revelation of what they already believed. Why? What's the role of revelation? Revelation will enhance your understanding of something you already believe. It grows you now in that belief. But you have to believe it first to get a revelation of it. It's not the other way around. Does that make sense? Why? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, now the next phrase, that you may know. There it is right there. What's the revelation helping you do? Is getting a revelation needed for you to believe it? No. But revelation helps open your understanding up and helps solidify that belief, bringing it to the place of now you know it. It's part of the process. See, as, now... Let me say this, is, is getting a revelation of something a big feeling? Do you need, whoa, I, got, I just got a revelation. Some people might be like that, but you know what? It doesn't take that. Revelation is simply the lights are going on in your understanding. You don't need some big, woo, to get a revelation. How many of you know we, we really over-spiritualize some things in the body of Christ? People think, whoa, I got a revelation. And, and, and everyone looks like, oh, I never got one of those. 
Oh, come on, I didn't get some big buzz feeling like it. How many ever felt like that? I remember sometimes I'd hear people preach and they're like, oh, I just got a revelation, the lights went on and whoa! And I used to sit and think, I can't remember that happening to me. I can't go again then this big woo! And I didn't get this big woo! Where's my big woo? Anyone ever felt like that? Maybe you've had the big woo. But I mean, I, I have to say there are times I've had woo, but there are other times, <laughs> there are other times I suddenly think, why don't I get a big woo about it? Does that mean I don't have faith in it? Does it mean, does it mean I, I'm weak in it? No, in fact, I know I've grown strong on those things. And in fact, I've even received answer to prayer on those things before. But I've never had some big woo about it. We over-sensationalize things in the body of Christ. And people think that's all there is to a revelation. And if you're not getting this big woo feeling, you, might, you, you can't be very spiritual. Forget all that. Revelation... It's the enhancing of your understanding. Now, there can at times be a big woo about it, but that's not all there is to it. You show me when Peter, when Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And then he said, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Peter said, flesh, and, God, and Jesus said, flesh and blood's not revealed that to you, Peter, but my father who's in heaven. In other words, Peter got a revelation, yeah? Can you show me in that passage where it said Peter got, woo! And all the disciples like, whoa, whoa, look at what just happened to Peter. He just got a revelation. Can you see that in that? Does it look like that in the scripture? In fact, I don't think anybody around Peter even had a, had a clue he had a revelation until he just said, you're the Christ, the Son of the Living God. There wasn't some big feeling about it. The enhancing of his understanding. Don't look for some feeling or overly spiritualized thing in order to get a revelation. Do you know that teaching can bring you revelation? What's happening right now? What is teaching doing? Teaching is enhancing your understanding. It's growing your understanding. And with that, I can give you scriptures to prove this, but I'm not going to do it today. We'll do it another day. With that, the revelation of something grows on the inside of you as your understanding is enlightened. What is that doing? It's causing you to become unshakable. It's taking a belief to a place of, I know this now. As your understanding is enhanced through teaching, through growing in the word and something, you don't need a big feeling for that. Does that make sense? Don't look for some kind of big feeling to say I've got a revelation of it. You just begin to... You can, you, as, just, believing something is the key to starting to get more revelation about it. And sometimes revelation can come just a little bit at a time. It's not suddenly the lights all went on in one day. Sometimes just a little bit of increasing your understanding about something is God giving you revelation about it. He's beginning to open your understanding up, open your understanding to cause you to grow in that subject. That's how revelation works. Does that make sense? And what that does, according to this, verse 18, what was the prayer? Get the revelation, have the understanding. Why? That you may know. And this is one of the things I started talking about. Knowing something. When you know that you know that you know that you know something, that's being solid in it. Nothing can take it out of you. I don't even know how long I've been teaching now. Sometimes, sometimes I go back and look at these videos afterwards, and I literally felt like I've taught for 15 minutes. I think it was last week. I thought I, I felt like I'd been up here 15 minutes, and I looked at the video, and I'm like, an hour? What's it on now? 49 minutes. You see that? I'm like, it didn't feel like that to me. So I did not get to what I was going to talk about, because actually I talked about some other things, and then I just recapped what I'd said last week, but it's not a problem because actually I want you to, to, to get strong in this. I want you to really get this process. How does the process work? You believe it first. Faith comes before revelation. Faith comes before understanding. If you want to understand, if, if, you, if, you, if you are going to refuse to believe something, I don't 
think you guys are like this, but there are people like this. If you're going to refuse to believe a Bible truth until you understand it, you, what, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I didn't teach on this. I'm going to come to this next. What's going to happen if someone says, if, you, if a person hears the word and refuses, I'm not going to believe that until I understand it better. You know what happens? The Bible shows actually another process kicks in. Okay? If a person hears the word and yet doesn't fully understand it, but they take the step to believe it. I believe that. I don't understand it yet, but I believe it. That becomes the starting point of growing in that truth. It opens their heart up to getting revelation. But if a person has the opposite response, if a person hears a scripture and says, I'm not going to believe that until I hear, until I understand it better, what happens is actually, that is actually unbelief. They refuse to believe. And what happens is instead of understanding and revelation coming, blindness sets in. And blindness will block your understanding. And the enemy uses this in people's lives because a lot of people, they won't believe it until they understand it better. So I need to understand before I believe. You're getting it the wrong way around. You need to say, I believe it because it's in the Bible. Now, if someone says, I'm not going to believe it until I can understand it better, what happens is that, that, that unbelief will block getting more understanding and revelation. And what will happen is they actually, it, it, blindness will settle in. Spiritual blindness, which will block you being able to see anything more about that truth. How many of you want that to happen? The processes are opposite, but it all starts with whether a person has a response of, I believe that, or I'm not going to believe that until I can see it, or I'm not going to believe that until I can understand it, or I'm not going to believe that until it makes more sense to me. It's two different responses. If you believe it, when you hear something in the Word, and you begin to say, I believe that, I believe what the Word says. Do I understand, do I understand speaking to a tree? and cursing a tree and speaking to a mountain. Well, I might not understand that yet, but Jesus said it, I believe it. What that does, that first response of I believe that, regardless of whether I understand it, that first response will now open you up to getting revelation and understanding. But if a person hears something like that and says, oh, I didn't see how a fig tree, I didn't see how a mountain can move, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. You know, I'm going to need to understand that more before I believe it. What they don't realize is that response right there will blind you to that truth. It'll dull you. It'll cause blinders to come over the eyes, and you won't be able to get understanding of that truth. Do you see the two opposite responses? Both of these are taught in Scripture. It all starts with whether you believe it or not when you first hear it. When a person hears and does not believe, they, 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 the spiritual blindness come across their eyes. And the danger with blindness is it spreads. It spreads inside of you. If you, if, you, if you become blinded to one spiritual truth, the blindness will spread inside of you to other spiritual truths. Okay? You can't just blind yourself to healing and, and expect to be getting revelation about finances and revelation about other things. If, if, when a person <laughs> takes that step of, uh, of blocking themselves, I don't believe that particular truth. I don't believe that particular doctrine. This is dangerous. Because the enemy tries to get Christians to back off truths of the word. When somebody says, well, yeah, I used to believe in faith and healing, but I no longer believe in faith and healing. What, what happened is they have backed off a truth. What they don't realize is that when you back off the word in an area and you shift your belief off the word because you get discouraged, you don't believe something, right there, you open your life up to the enemy bringing spiritual blindness to you, and that will block your spiritual progress in any, in, in, on all areas, the lights go off, literally. And that can become quite serious. 
If you want to constantly grow in understanding, you've got to constantly be taking steps to believe what you're hearing about the Word. But if a person closes themselves off to a truth, they will block the revelation in all areas of their life. The lights literally go off. And you can continue going through the motions of Christianity and be spiritually blind. You won't get further understanding until you backtrack to the point where you have backed off a truth and said, that that's where the blindness started. I'm going to believe what the Bible says in this area. You've got to be very careful. You need to say, you need to realize, we can't just pick and choose, well, I like that Bible truth, I believe that one, but this particular Bible truth, I don't like that stuff, so I'm just going to back off that one. Do you know that people do that? They hear the word choose and they pick, the, it's like a candy shop, pick and mix. Well, I like what they teach on faith, I like what they teach on healing. Oh, I don't like that authority stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't, believe, I don't agree with that. You know what will happen when you block yourself off to something. Now, if, you, if, you, if you're disagreeing with human opinion, that's another thing. But if you're disagreeing with something that is in the word and you don't want to accept it and you block yourself off to a spiritual truth, you, blinders will come over the heart. Now, God's not the one bringing the blinders. The devil is. And he will blind you not just to that truth. He will block your understanding and growth in, in, in other truths. Letting blindness in in one area will blind you in all areas. I can give you scriptures for this, but does this make a little bit of sense? People don't realize we are not playing games with spiritual things. You don't, this is not a pick and mix. This is not a, I like the, he I like the healing stuff they preach, but that covenant stuff I don't agree with. You block yourself off. If it is a Bible truth and you reject it and you block it off, you will shut down the light and revelation in your own life. There are a lot of Christians that are wondering why they're not getting much more light and revelation. They become dull. They're not really growing in truths. It's because they treated it like a pick and mix. They grab, they heard the word, true word on faith, blessing, healing, but then they thought, well, I like the healing, but I don't like the blessing, but I reject that stuff. And the rejection of it is unbelief. It blinds them. And this is a problem that's going on in Christianity. If you want to keep growing and keep receiving revelation and keep increasing in understanding, you've got to embrace spiritual truths as they come your way. You see, it's in the word, I believe it. What if it's not my favorite topic? What if it goes against my personal opinion? It's in the word, I believe it. That needs to be your philosophy, yeah? I'm going to grow with what's in the word. If God teaches, he blesses me, I'm not going to sit and question whether God wants to bless me. He says he blesses me. And by opening your heart up to each spiritual truth, you are opening yourself up to getting more revelation in, in specific areas. One of the reasons people are not getting more revelation in the area of healing is they've blocked their lives, they've blocked their heart off to what the Word teaches about finances. They don't want to hear that anymore. They've blocked themselves off. I don't agree with what they teach. And by blocking themselves off on that topic, they are not growing anymore in the area of healing. They have caused blindness in their own life. Does it make sense? I really didn't intend to get into that now, and I've gone another bit longer, but I felt I needed to actually come out with that. You're either growing in understanding and revelation, or you are paused in blindness because you won't believe things in Scripture. I remember one minister, when he was young, younger in ministry, and I'll close off on this story, and this hopefully will illustrate what I've just tried to explain. I'm going to probably go through a little bit more next week. Well, we'll see. I don't know why we might end up on a totally different topic as the Spirit of God leads next week. But I remember one minister, when he first started reading the Scriptures, he, this illustrates what I've just said. It's a good, a good story that illustrates it. He, um, he, he, he was reading, reading the scriptures. He didn't really have anyone to teach him. And he said when he first started reading his Bible, he was, 
he, you know, he was sick. He was in bed, bed fast, and um, he was in his teens, 16, 17 years old. But he was getting, seeing things in the Word. He said, he, and he was reading the Bible. He was like, the lights were going on as he, not like woo feeling, but understanding was coming. But but he said he said he he had said to the Lord, Lord, whatever I read in your Word, I'm I commit, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a doer of the Word. How many of you know we always we we like to make rash statements like that, okay? And it's not the fact that he made the statement that caused what, what I'm about to explain, but his heart was open, and he was like, wow, look at what I'm seeing in the Bible. And he said he got to Matthew 6, where it says, do not worry. Do not worry about your life, what you're going to put in. Everyone know that scripture? In fact, I quoted it during worship as well today. Um, do not worry about your life, what you're going to wear. And he says he thought to himself, do not worry. <laughs> You don't realize I'm a champion warrior. I can't live and not worry. In fact, worrying runs in my family. My parents, my grandmother, we're all warriors. Not warriors as in spears. And we are warriors as in, oh, I worry. And he, he blocked himself off to that spiritual truth. He, he didn't receive it. He said, I, I just can't go with it. I literally, I, I can't accept that. The Bible's just told me don't worry, but I can't accept that. Said, I'll, we'll see somewhere along the line, I'll come back to that truth. And he closed his heart off to that spiritual truth. And he continued reading Matthew 7, Matthew 8, Matthew 9. And he said this, he said, it's like the lights went off. He said he was reading his Bible and getting nothing out of it. He could, it was just going through the motions. He says the blinders went on. Now, that's, I'm trying to illustrate what I've just explained to you spiritually. When the word comes to you in an area and you do not receive it by faith, but you un unbelieve it. It doesn't, you might have believed this area, believed this area, believed this area, but now suddenly something comes and you go, oh no, I don't like that truth. And you, you blind yourself to it, you block yourself to it, you, you choose not to believe it. What you don't realize is the blinders go on in all areas. You've just opened your heart for the enemy to switch the lights off in your spiritual life. This is making sense. And he said this, he said the blinders went on. He said he continued reading his Bible, but there was no light coming to him anymore. Anyway, Matthew 7, Matthew 8, I don't know, I don't know how far he got, but it was, it was, I think it was like a few days reading his Bible. He said, I just thought it's, I'm not getting nothing out of it. The lights have gone off. And suddenly he began to realize I know where the lights went off. The word spoke to me in an area and I wouldn't receive it. And he said, the lights didn't just go off in that topic. The lights went off on all the topics. See, when you block yourself to a spiritual truth and you don't grab that truth by faith, you, you enable blindness, spiritual blindness. You enable the devil to bring blindness to you and the lights go off. And you can't grow spiritually from that point. You've got to go back to what you've rejected. If you want to grow in understanding of the area of healing, it's not just about, well, I love healing, but I'm going to block myself off to other areas of the Bible that I don't like. You've got to open, you either open your heart to the whole word or you block yourself to all to understanding on, on not growing in all of it. You've got, we've got people that have rejected certain topics because they don't like them. I'm not saying here, but I've noticed this. People are well, we don't like this topic. You hinder your own spiritual growth. Once the word comes to you in an area, you're accountable for that. The word comes to you in the area of do not worry. Don't reject that and think you're going to keep growing in other areas. The blindness come on. Which, well, he had to go back to the point that he had rejected the word, and he had to say, Lord, I repent of that. I made a commitment to you, I'm going to do the word. He said, your word says, I'm not going to worry. He says, I don't understand that, but I'm going, to, I'm going to make that decision right now before you. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to receive the word in that area of my life. And you know what happened? He said, the lights went back on. He said, then, as he continued in other areas, the lights were on. Okay? We've got to be very careful about rejecting the word in an area that's not my favorite topic. Or I personally don't agree with this area. Or I don't really want to listen or hear this area. You block yourself off. If it is word and you block yourself off to it, you are switching the lights off in all the areas. We don't want that, do we? Amen? Okay. I went a lot longer on that, but I, 
felt I needed to, once I started down that line, get that up. I can give you scripture for the things I've just said. And it's part of what I was going to teach today. But the, 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 the solution is this. Make a decision. I will listen to and be open to whatever the word says in any area. And I'm not going to push it away or block myself off it. Because by keeping myself open to the word in all areas, I will enable myself to get greater light in the areas that I really need to be receiving from. Amen? Okay. Father, we thank you for the word. I thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, I know this has been a bit longer today, but I pray, Father God, that you will help each one of us in this area to begin to realize that if we want to grow, if we want to advance, if we want to get greater light, we've got to make sure we're not closing ourselves off in any area because that'll bring blindness, Lord. Help us to receive, help us to grow, Father God. And I thank you, Lord God. We're a growing church that is open to the word in all areas. And, that, and we're going to move forward in all those different areas, Lord, in Jesus' name. We give you the glory and the honor for that, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right.